This is Getting Past Subtitles. I'm John Peel. This is DK Lee. And we are talking about Hayao Miyazaki still. Uh, we are on the third film. Yes, so we are moving. You mean the second one? Third. Second. You're right. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what you were watching. <laughs> JK. Second one. Yes. Um, talking about sort of the newer last decades of the Miyazaki films. And this time around, it's Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. We did uh, Spirited Away last week. Yes. And then we are picking up with Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, this is 2004. And so Spirited Away is 2001, jumping three years, 2004. Um, pretty pretty short time, if you think about it. Three years? Three years. I think for an animated film, especially. Maybe. For him, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that guy does not sleep. He does not eat. Um, yeah, so definitely a great one in my book. I think I have like the most earliest memories watching this one. Um, so just a little bit about it. Also, he got an Academy nomination for this, I think, mm-hmm. that year. Um, didn't win it, though. Uh, very loosely based off of a book, off the same name, think of a child's book, which I would like to read, actually. Mm. Uh, here there's major differences between it. So yeah, and the book came, back, came out in 1986. And something like the development of this film was originally Miyazaki was not supposed to direct it, as I feel like it's per usual with most of his project. He's either like going to retire and he's like, I don't feel like doing anything. And it ends up being like, all right, just give it here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, somebody... The name of like Hosada, I think, I forgot what his uh, first name was, but he was supposed to, he was attached to the project like back in 2000 or 2001 ish. And then they were writing a script for it. And I think like the first draft of the script came out in like 2001, like a year after he was attached. And then like around 2002 or something, um, before they started like storyboarding and like really production was kicking in, Hosada just like left the project. Why? Um, I think either like creative differences or there just isn't like a lot of detail out there as well. Mm-hmm. Like some sources I read is like he just suddenly dropped out and another one I read it was like because of creative differences. Um, but yeah, but Hayao Miyazaki was actually uh, going to be an executive producer on the project, yeah. which he was um, up until Hosada left and then he decided to like, let me do it. Yeah, he was like, you know what? I can't trust any of you guys. And so he ended up doing it himself um, in 2002 and then just it from there on so and then we got this bad boy yeah it said that like Hosada's like draft for the movie is like somewhere in like the archives or something uh, <laughs> the mysterious like Snyder cut of <laughs> Miyazaki <laughs> movies <laughs> uh but yeah there's that um before we kind of jump into the what this movie's about what is like your earliest or fondest memory um I remember liking the film a lot. Lame. <laughs> and watching it again, uh, I am remembered why I mm. enjoyed it so much. And the music, too. Yeah. It's just whenever I hear it, just. Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. What was this, though? Like, what was the time frame that you kind of seen it? Somewhere around? Uh, probably like 08. Pretty Sounds, late. Probably about right. Yeah. yeah. Probably the same for me. Maybe like 08. I just remember watching it. From, um, I think it was Adult Swim, 
Because mm, like Adult Swim played anime at the time. But they had House Moving Castle. I believe so. I think they they were doing like a because it was on TV, so it was yeah. po- most likely a rerun of the show. Probably a dub. I don't remember, <laughs> but it was high likely to, highly likely highly likely to be a dub for sure. Um, but yeah, I remember like watching it on TV, and mm. it was it had to have been like either because like wasn't Funimation in Adult Swim? Yeah, like yeah, so that that was it. So it was like evening or like. Yeah, late night or something. When once that, I think Christian Bale is. Uh, yeah, he's how, just <laughs> wild. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer of the dub just to be like, what did he sound like? And it's like so vastly different from yeah. the sub. It's like completely different character. Like the essence Word. of how it changes. Uh, so yeah, so I remember that's my earliest memory watching it then, and just really liking it a lot. Every few years, I'll, I'll watch it again. And like watching it this time. I was also kind of reminded why I liked it a lot. I realized, like, when was the last time I seen this movie? Because mm. I was like, oh, this is actually just kind of brought me back a little bit. But I think this is maybe one of the most surrealist of his movies. That and, like, the most, like, plot holes, maybe? Like, just very loose in the well, sense. Well, yeah, in the sense that, like, there's not nothing's const- really explained to you yeah, yeah, too yeah. much. And you're just kind of like... Kind of like okay, we, there it is, here it is, and like the complex you talked about in Spirited Away, yeah. but worse in a way of like yeah. we don't you don't really understand a lot. It doesn't ever to. tell you why things right. happen exactly or what they are mm-hmm. or like you know what it's supposed to be. You're just put into a situation where there's wizards and witches and yeah. wars right. and people and politics <laughs> and stuff like that yeah. with no idea of like why, why? yeah. Or what? And, like, there's bits of dialogue just, like, scattered randomly that is, like, exposition-y. Yeah. But, again, it just comes so randomly. And it never really really unravels into anything that's important. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, here's this war. Like, okay. But I think that's a staple of Miyazaki. (laughs) Yeah. It's so Miyazaki. But the good thing is, like, a lot of the things that he... Like, the story, a lot of the story is more... Mm -hmm. Than just talking it's a lot of like things happening yeah which yeah. is the cool part about miyazaki's films it's not really about like oh like this person is trying to explain something that's going to happen right right where it's just it happens <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. exactly it's all about the moment mm-hmm. with miyazaki it's not really about how did we get here or why this is all happening it's yeah. it's happening enjoy it while it's here yeah but i also think um with this movie like that being said it's also like i said the most surreal but like I think visually stunning as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many different like animation tricks and like different imageries. And like CGI work. And yeah. Stuff like so that. subtle CGI work. Like you really like you know that it's there for some of the animation. It's like that's not possible without CGI. But it blends so well with like the drawing that it's it's really seamless to do. Mm. Yeah, and I think it works really well that it's again like it's not constructed in a plot, it's just there for visual and it's like, oh, this is really pretty. Like Sophie's like simply like Sophie's age changing how she's always going from like old to young yeah like the way like seamlessly and like smoothly does that like that's a great way of kind of integrating that CG into there but also just like it's so fluid and like looks really nice yeah it's it's there when it matters and kind of like adds to the story in an interesting way uh but we digress (laughs) what's this movie about Lee or is it my turn should I do that you can if you want if you want to do the honors. 
Is it honors though? <laughs> After we were like crapping on the plot, trying to get his reverse psychology. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Uh, yeah. So, Howl's Moving Castle is about a moving castle. <laughs> a moving castle. Big quotations. Castle. More like walking trash can. House. <laughs> House <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, how should I go about this? I guess to like set it up. Like the setting of the movie is like. No time place, but it's very like French and German like setting ish ish, yeah. right? I think it was based off somewhere in France. Um, but yeah, so like there's a war between two like nations or kingdoms, never really explicitly said, um, going on in sort of the background. And there's also witches and wizards in this world. Um, and so in this particular town, obviously there's like war happening, and then there's an infamous like wizard named Howell, and he has a moving quote castle around. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like infamous throughout the town, but he's also very mysterious. Like nobody actually knows him or assumingly yeah. has met him. And there's like rumors that he's like a womanizer or like Yeah, or like he'll eat your heart yeah, and like yeah. yeah. But that's kind of the stigmatism with the wizards, yeah. which is of this world as well, is that they're kind of evil or sly in a way. Um, which is also kind of true as well. And so the story really narrates down to uh, Sophie, who is works in a hat shop. She's like one of many sisters. And in like the times of where women are supposed to be like beautiful and dressed in these very like elegant dresses and et cetera, et cetera. She's kind of like the non-standout m- not very pretty. Mediocre. Mediocre kind woman. Of working hard. Kind exactly. Of. Just kind of like the worker class kind yeah. of woman, despite everyone around her. Basically nobody. And so she ends up confronting Howell, um, just like by chance meeting, and then like <laughs> suffers like repercussions of the witch of the waste. And like the waste is sort of like this, basically like a wasteland, kind of like away from town where assuming like all the witches and wizards live. We're kind of chill there. <laughs> they, they, like this is our lair, bro. Um so, like, the Witch of the Waste is, like, the super evil witch or whatever, and she's after Howl as well. And then she, like, I guess follows Sophie and then curses her into turning her into an old lady. Yeah. Because she's close to Howl for some reason. And then Sophie's response is, like, well, she freaks out for a minute, and then she leaves home to go... Find Howl. But, like, no, because that's... We don't really know why she left, really. I assume that she was there to go and hunt down the Witch of the West, but she wasn't there to go look for Howl because Howl's because like she meets she meets the Scarecrow, yeah, and she makes like a sly comment about bring me back shelter in a house, mm. and then Howl's castle like comes out of nowhere, and it's like oh, wasn't expecting that. So, oh, she her objective was to figure out what to do, yeah, with her tribulation. <laughs> I think she was like after a wizard or something. Some cure to find break the spell. She's trying to break the spell somehow. But she ended up coming across House Moving Castle and then kind of hires herself to be the cleaning lady. Uh, And that's kind of like pretty much the main setup. And then the story continues on with like she basically gets enveloped with Howl's life. Um, And Howl is basically a wizard who is living on his own and then he's like contracted or cursed with uh calcifer who's like this fire demon and so they have to like live hand in hand in a way and then there's also a boy mark living in the house and he's like 
we can talk about this later, but he's the probably the only character with zero exposition. Like nothing about him <laughs> is ever mentioned. He's just living there. Why can't he just be there, bro? <laughs> he's literally just there. Let him be. <laughs> let, let him be. Let Some him random be. like orphan adoptee. <laughs> yeah. Um and so yeah, so how basically spends his time fighting in the war essentially yeah i mean he is also um contracted by the two kingdoms yes and they tell him to fight for him fight for the kingdom exactly but he doesn't really want to fight for the kingdom because he he likes his freedom and so um so the main i guess conflict is him trying to figure out how to be free yeah be free and and still you know Right. Make people happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't even think it's like necessarily make people happy. It's just like he, he does it because he's like he's contract. He's obligated to do it. But and he like takes his freedom where he can't where he can. Yeah. Where, so that's why he like lives on his own in the castle. He doesn't live in the kingdom with the other, you know, wizards or witches, yeah. you can assume. Because like his mentor is uh, what is it like Somali or is it Solomon? Um, and they live in like, you know, the king's castle or whatever. But and also, Howell is kind of like a reject, I guess. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's contracted with the demon. He's contracted with Calcifer. And so, as you like, with the Witch of the West, did the same thing. Like, she gave up her. He stole his heart. Yeah. Is what they say. So, so he's like, he's going to end up, you know, I don't know, old and stuff. <laughs> well, he's going to end up evil, is what they say. Right. right yeah. Like, he, like whoever, his selfishness will, like, overcome. Yeah. Him. Whoever, you know, takes makes a deal with the devil or demon right they probably turn evil <laughs> no good no good so so that happens this is basically what happened to the uh the witch of the waste too yeah and then she was just like hung up on howl's heart it's yep. funny how that circle goes <laughs> everybody wants a heart everyone's yeah. gonna um so yeah so sophie is basically the answer to that and then he's like she falls in love with him and then he's like falls in love with her and then he's like, I'm going to fight to protect you. Um, and then kind of fights, continues fighting until he's like, dies in a yeah. way. Um, and pretty much Sophie, like, it's like, there's like the whole black room thing. That's what like talking the about what? The, the black door room. Oh, the black door. Which, you mean going to the past? Yeah, which is like his past. And then it's like the revelation of what happens and then. She returns his heart, and he becomes human, and then Calcifer is free, and then happy ever after. And then the diplomats finish the war by themselves. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, we got this. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> but like, And Scarecrow turns into a prince. Yeah, after the kiss. <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> Can't forget that. But yeah, like the ending is, we can talk about the ending too, just kind of unravels randomly, and it's like, nothing like really, like there's no conflicting answer, like there's no big... I mean, Huge I think it's thing. it's on par with every other ending exactly, for Miyazaki. So. Exactly. <laughs> so the trend of Miyazaki does not know how to end movies still continues, which I'm interesting to see once we get to um, uh, Wind Rises. Wind Rises, because so, I don't really remember Ponyo. Ponyo, yeah, because I don't remember much about Ponyo. But yeah, so there's Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> Any interesting or favorite scenes? Music. Um, Characters. music. I mean, the theme song for it. Mm. I just really love how it kind of it. The theme song repeats many, many times in the film, yep. but there's different variations of it, and it's great to see how 
like it changes the music changes yeah. but the the core of it is there mm-hmm. and it seemingly fits every scene somehow <laughs> <laughs> very true. perfectly yeah and i really like that about that music and i think that's why it's so good yeah and it resonates so much because it might be a different scene with a different kind of mood or mm-hmm. a tone but because the music um the soul of the music is still there the main theme of the music is still there yeah you have a connection with the broader uh aspect of the whole movie and mm-hmm. it's specific to that scene 100%. So I think that's why it makes it such a good and powerful piece of uh music emotional <laughs> yeah like emotional uh conduit. Mm. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of thought the music didn't maybe stand out much as Spirited Away for mm-hmm. me. I think Spirited Away definitely like the music was just out there more yeah like it was it was really like mixed louder and like it kind of stood out right it needed to be and it's kind of the same with with howl's moving castle i don't think at, not as often there's certain as, moments i think in howl's moving castle where it does that but most of the time it's very kind of subtle yeah in yeah. the background exactly i'm um, like that one moment that would be very big is like when they're like flying and the first time they meet and they're flying oh, exactly. over the houses yeah and they're kind of like walking on air yeah that'll be like the biggest moment i think where the theme really plays yeah and the ending of course and then yeah the ending yeah. but then everything else is it's all variations of, of the same music yeah it's just more <clears throat> subtle, just subtle. And kind of toned down or like well like the the situation like the scene is kind of more darker in some mm. moments. Right. And so the music as well is not like this happy-go-lucky-ish sounding, you right. know? Yeah, I think this theme song also really fits the um, like the setting of the movie as well. Yeah. Like the sort of... The, the waltz. Yeah, the waltz. Of the gives France you an kind emotion of, of like dance, like those balls and like yeah, big, yeah, yeah. grand, grand, like it just kingdoms. Fits, and Yeah, it just fits like the time quote-unquote yeah. that it's kind of set in and the setting that, it, that it's in as well and i think that's what i guess we're talking like joe hisashi hisashi does really amazingly with like, even in spirited away the music fit like where yeah. the movie was set it's very like japanese it's very traditional it very uses those kind of like sound cues that that you would uh, incorporate with that kind of time and place yeah um and the same thing too with like when I think about that, like Kiki's delivery service, I feel like it's really, yeah. really uh, on that note. It, like, really brings you into like the preg kind of setting and like water boats <laughs> and, and witches and witches <laughs> and witches. Um, but yeah, and, and I always find it funny that it, that it's like the music is just so perfect. Like, it is so yeah in one note with the movie and the story itself. And again, I think that also again has so much to do with the story is just not plot focused it's so much focused on like just kind of like themes and the characters in that moment and like you know the emotionality of it yeah. and the music just kind of like really incorporates into that i th- i mean like i always loved waltz mm-hmm. and it's just like very catchy like the dun 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 yeah dun, dun, dun. like it, it always like was imprinted <laughs> in my mind right, every time right. i hear it hear like that kind of uh rhythm mm. And so I think that's why, for me too, this music stays in my in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. I, I do like waltz themes as well. Yeah. Um, they just fit like 
those movies and those movies need to be, like they're coming back to kind of like mm. this time frame of like the waltz era they're they're kind of coming back and being good um anything scene wise moment wise um i really liked when hal shows sophie the secret garden and the secret uh oh right yeah, uh, his yeah. like secret little area technically it's his um home when he was younger sure and I really like that scene, just like visually, like the colors and the flowers and all that, and, mm. and just that little area. I kind of wish I had a place like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that a house? I'm like, that looks like a barn. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. not big enough to be a house. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of nowhere with like fields and mm. just quiet flowers, you know, a and a of little peace. bit of magic. Yeah. <laughs> just to help the flowers, uh, just to be aerated by warships later on <laughs> <laughs> like how'd they get here uh yeah i think i think my favorite element of the movie is uh the way sophie changes like age mm. well that's another thing that's not really explained there's no cure to her curse ever she just gradually becomes young again until the end well you know love is the answer no yeah that is <laughs> pretty much for every <laughs> movie <laughs> Fall in love and it's you'll love, be... man. Love is the answer for love everything. Love is the answer. Find your prince, like Koaku, and... man. You just find your name if you love somebody. You know, that's <laughs> what it is. I guess. I guess. Whatever. You get sure, younger fine. if you love somebody. You know. Sure. Isn't that obvious? Did tell, you... tell that to time. Isn't that obvious, John? Like, <laughs> didn't you already know that? <laughs> I totally studied that. You already man. knew the cure even before you started, bro. <laughs> just saying, but. It... <laughs> It's there's not like a concrete answer. It's just like you know, it's love. Does it like, have to be concrete? Whatever, man. She still has gray hair. <laughs> this is very true. I thought it was white for the longest time, so I saw this again. I was like, mm. oh, it's gray. Okay, close enough. <laughs> I know. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, just like she's like super well in the beginning, and then like it gradually goes through. But also, there's like different variations. Like when she's super emotional about something, she changes. Or, you know, when she's, like, passionately talking about how in those scenes she, like, changes. Changes. Um, And it's, like, such a, I guess not subtle, but kind of subtle, but, like, great cue in the scene as well. to like It lets you know, like, something to pay attention to. Um, Similar to, like, like we talked about in Spirited Away with, like, the musical cues kind of, like, it tells you when, like, this is a moment to, like, you know, the music rises, like, this is an amazing moment. I think that her changing like is a visual way of kind of saying the same. The theme of youth is a big part of this movie, right? Yeah. Even with um, Hal and how he's like, oh, like beauty is everything. Like, what's the point of living if, you know, you're not beautiful? Right, right. right. And and for Sophie too, obviously, like she becomes old. But when she talks about something passionately or when she talks Mm. about her love for Hal, she becomes young again. But yeah. when she becomes timid and scared, she becomes old. Right. And like when she's not sure about something, she becomes old. And mm-hmm. even um, the witch, she was, you know, trying to be more younger. Trying to be younger. <laughs> and that's why she stole the heart. But then, right. um, what's her name? Sal- Salaman? Uh, uh, yeah. Solomon. Yeah. She um, like breaks the, the spell and turns her old again. Right. And then right. she becomes this like weird grandma person. <laughs> Blob. <laughs> blob. Yo, I'm exactly in like old round fat people. 
and grandmas and grandmas you know she just even sophie looks like uh you basically in, in a certain sense you know just throw julie on her and then yeah there you go. <laughs> but uh like yeah so like going back to the themes like mm. the theme of youth is so important in this film and i think showing that through sophie and also showing that through how and like yeah um, how Sophie at the end she talks about how how has a young heart he still has a child's heart yeah and stuff like that I think all kind of plays into what I think the story is trying to tell about youth yeah and about love and about you know how age and like yeah you know when you're young you have this kind of love. Mm. Fire and undying. Fiery passion, yeah. <laughs> Fiery passion. Yeah. Undying flame of love. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the theme of youth is super prevalent um, in this mm. movie. And kind of like what I saw too, like people mentioning also like, you know, aging and like old age kind of um, bringing a more positive light to old age and sort of, you know, Sophie is timid before she was old in mm-hmm. the curse you know she's like yeah. you know i'm not very beautiful and kind of she's opposite of what she is supposed to be at that age yeah and when she gets old she's kind of like in her element in a funny and kind of way she's always like yeah like i'm old but this is how you're supposed supposed to be when yeah, you're yeah. old and she, like, she somehow like, knows everything about being yeah. old in an instant <laughs> exactly like her heart yeah. is already at that age in exactly. a certain sense right 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 she's like oh i'm Oh, you get really cunning with old age. And, right. You know, she knows how to play the cards. And, and in, in one sense, she's trying to go back in time, right? Mm. Like, she's, like, trying, trying to learn how to be young again. Right. Whereas, like, Hal needs to learn how to be old. Older. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. mature. Mature. Yeah. yeah. You know? And they kind of play off each other. Yeah. And how way. they kind of intertwine and then how that kind of helps fix each other in a certain sense. Right, right. Or, or build each other. Yeah. Because Hal is very much a child. Like, right. I mean, that's kind of poignant there. He's he's a big little kid yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Just this older adult that is, I guess, like sheltered, but hasn't really experienced the like real world, you know. Mm. But he's also very timid. And his but, his his desire for freedom, right? Yeah, that's yeah. something that all kids want. Where like they want to mm. do whatever they want, right? Right, right. But then um, near the end, he realizes he doesn't want to run away anymore. Yeah, and he's like, I have somebody I want to protect, and that's kind of a maturing point, right? When you mm. finally understand that you have a certain kind of responsibility, right. and that's a mature thing to aspire for, right? And it's it's great because a lot of these things aren't directly told to you, right? But w- just by watching it, you kind of get these kinds of uh, thematic elements. Mm. It melts into kind of everything. Right. It's subtle, but it's so like organic in the way that it's presented. 100%. And I think that's the beauty of his work. Mm-hmm. Like even, even Spirited Away, like all the thematic stuff, it's not necessarily like out there for you to just be like, oh, like I know this uh-huh. and that, yeah. but like just watching it. You just kind of absorb it in in a certain way, mm-hmm. like, and it's just beautiful in that way. Where I think that's why it's so um, palatable for children to watch, right? Because they might not necessarily know it with their brains, but like as they watch it, these things kind of like gets absorbed into mm. them. These kinds of themes, right? Right. Yeah, it's very much in the DNA 
of the movies that he makes. Yeah. Sort of like, like it's a very powerful tool if you think about it. Like yeah, yeah. it could be used in very bad ways if you think about it, right? <laughs> right. You could be like super on the nose about it and then it just completely falls apart. But yeah, because know? a lot of times when things are on the nose, people tend to be more adverse to it because mm-hmm. they don't like things like, you know, put Spoon. down their throat. Yeah. But when it's something so like organic in the way that it's presented, mm-hmm. it it gets absorbed so much easier and people kind of accept it for what it is. Right. And they don't even know, but like some somehow, some way they can get influenced by it. Right. Yeah. I just think just the way that Miyazaki constructs his stories and with themes, um, with it's clear that like themes are the backbone of the stories. Yeah. And like, you know, even taken away from plot in a little or major sense, but still somehow, you know, magical in a weird way, like really just kind of independent of him. Yeah. You know, like there's really nothing that I have seen or, you know, can experience that does it in that way. Right. And like, there's so many levels and like so many different uh, themes that we haven't even talked about yet. Right. That are in this film. (laughs) Right. And in all of his films that really make it so like layered. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy part. And that's the thing. That's why his movies are so good. Yeah. It's not just like you just watch it and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like the surface level is good. Right. But right. the mid level is good. And the <laughs> deeper the deep- level, deeper you go, it's good too. It's so like, like ah, yeah. it's so rich in, in what it has to offer. Right. That like watching it again and again, you can still find something to appreciate. Mm. Which make, Which I think is a hallmark of a great film. Right. Like the reason why I like The Dark Knight so much is not just because it's a good film on the surface, mm. but because there's so many layers to it that you can also like pick out and like you can digest and like you can understand and like themes and stuff like that that makes it so much deeper than what right. it just is, mm-hmm. which makes it a good film. And I think even this film does that too. So agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But like his movies are, I think too is um, the reason like we can find so many different layers is that they're so personal in a sense you know like he has a lot of themes that he wants to put in and a lot of points that he wants to make and uh things that he wants to say in his movies and he says i mean he does that and i think that him making it very personal in that sense right. also makes it truly special but it never well. feels like he's like oh this is this you know like right, it never right, feels right. like he's like telling you yeah yeah you know this is what i believe maybe the most uh obvious thing in mm. this film is like about war Right, right, and right, like right. maybe like anti-war, like yeah. anti-war, right? Right, right, stuff like that. And we can kind of talk about that, like the anti-war thing. That it's pretty interesting. That you know there is no quote-unquote enemy. I guess mm. like everybody talks about, oh, is that the enemy or is that just the bad guy? But yeah. as a viewer, you're watching it, and I, it's never clear to like you me. You never like, know who's who. Yeah, yeah and like who, who's what, fighting who. Or... Yeah, you don't even know what side is what. Yeah, you, know, you it's don't just... even know like. Oh, which battleship is <laughs> right. whose battleship and like <laughs> is that an anime battleship or like is that which is you don't wizards? even know like if if like they sent the battleship and like how I, you don't even know who Hal's fighting for or like what <laughs> Hal is fighting right <laughs> right exactly. or like which wizards he's fighting like right because they say it like he's fighting at one point he said he's fighting like Solomon's like like lackey wizards yeah 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 deputy wizards or whatever right and then at another point he's just like fighting some random it's just whatever yeah and then like you know the witch the of the waste? She mm. had those lackey the blobs. She has the same thing. But so then like, yeah, Salomania Salomon or whatever her name has, is has, has the, also same has the same thing. <laughs> so, so you're like 
So are they her blobs or their blobs? Are they just blob for hire? Exactly. Blobs mercenaries? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just never it's never clear. And how there's how it says a line too where I think it was at the garden scene when yeah. it's like is that the like oh is that a ship? And he's like she says, Is that enemies? And he's like, Well what does it matter? Yeah, it's it murder anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he, he fights them anyway, like he just kinda of fights whatever is the opposition. Yeah. And so Yeah, like I think that's kind of telling about maybe how has um Miyazaki thinks about war. Right, right, yeah. It's just destruction is destruction, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter what side is what, it doesn't matter who is right or mm. wrong, you know. It's two parties are taking part, part in, in warfare yeah. and then warfare itself is is bad, you know. And so like you know, how is kind of fighting for freedom and peace, you know, just instead of kind of like his own peace, you exactly, know. Exactly, yeah. His yeah. own what he can protect. Mm. So yeah, I thought I thought that was very interesting. Even like watch like kind of funny as a kid and being younger and watching it. Like I don't know anything that's going <laughs> going yeah. on. Like the whole political mashup and sort of the whatever exposition is there and the backdrop of it and like the very kind of details of the story like yeah. don't really matter. But then even watching it now, it's like what? <laughs> what is what? Who is who? Yeah. Um. I just found it intriguing. Every time he opens the door, it's like a different city. Yeah, yeah. Like different place. And he, he has a different moniker for every <laughs> town he goes to. <laughs> he's Pendragon here. He's like yeah. um, Jenkins here. Yeah. I, I don't know who Pendragon was. <laughs> for, for, I was like, what is Pendragon? <laughs> Pendragon is how? <laughs> he just uses, uses different, different names to act like different people. Yeah, different aliases. Different wizards. Yeah. Smart man to not be uh, bored down by <laughs> by responsibilities <laughs> and people telling him what to do. Being found out, yeah. per se. What other themes do we kind of see? It's funny. I guess like the theme of like environment that it's pretty often with him isn't present in this movie. No. Uh, yeah, I'll, the theme of cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna go there. <laughs> Clean the house. Uh, I think like you know like a lot of the fairy tale things that we were, we talked about in, in Spirit Away, hundred percent, also present. kind of is here too. Love's first kiss kind of thing. For yeah, scare, I like, think even more poignant in this movie because yeah, of that and you know, like the mother and like the you mother, know, old ladies and yeah. kind of like yeah, the forbidden for and girl. like you know her kind of being like Cinderella in a certain sense where like yeah exactly you know she's like the the bad sister or like just like the yeah. ugly sister or whatever, whatever yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the unwanted mo- sister kind the, of. Instead right. of like the back, like the backstabbing mother kind yeah. of thing, yeah. And the mother is kind of you know iffy. <laughs> <In> <laughs> iffy, this, bro. The, she she backstabs her. She's exactly. like, <laughs> she left her a trap and was like, "Take me back to my husband." Yeah, yeah. So a lot of those things are still in this, and I think he really is heavily influenced by those things. You know, 100%. every every film that he does, and always um, this theme of like companionship. Is mm. always prevalent in his films, like the scarecrow. Yeah, on um, being nice to strangers is like a, is a very big thing yeah. for him. Mm. The good that you mm. do for somebody else kind of comes back right. to you yeah, in, yeah. in a good way. Even like your enemies, right? Like hating, like the enemies that you once fought, they kind of somehow become your friends too. Yeah, right. Here right, right. and in in spirited way as well. Yeah, where like you know the wizard, I mean, the witch, um, in this film kind of becomes. Part of the family. Yeah, I've actually like 
I really like the witch in this movie, the witch mm-hmm. of the waste. She has such an interesting kind of arc in the movie, yeah. you know? I mean, she's not, it's funny with a lot of the characters um, in this movie and like even just Hi- Miyazaki's, most of his movies, like they're really key characters, but they don't have a lot of screen time per se, you know? But they're still very impactful. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a sense of like the rumor of who they are right, that right. really impacts them, mm-hmm. impacts the, 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 the like who they are, right? yeah, like yeah. the force within the story. Mm-hmm. Even how too, like we mentioned before. Yeah. And I think like kind of you can a theme of or commentary of just kind of breaking down people and and you know, like we said with rumors and they have an image of themselves and who they are and a lot of the characters play off to the image that they are given, but then gradually they are broken down into kind of like the true self. Right. Especially through the main character, right? Right, right. Every character kind of is shown their true self through the main character. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think the the Witch of the Waste is probably like maybe the one of the most dramatics. Yeah, Howl's dramatic. Howl's very dramatic too. Yeah. yeah. The I, witch is dramatic. I like how the Witch of the Waste is like <laughs> she changes completely like this innocent grandma, but then not at the same time. She's yeah. still very cunning in some scenes. Yeah. Uh, like when she gets the the gift from the cigar, the cigar, and then like the, the parasite, throw the blob into the. That's a reoccurring like Miyazaki thing. Like the seals are black, warm parasite things. Yeah, <laughs> and like his general like use of like evil spirits. No, no, his genuine use of like blobular like yeah. you know like beings. Yeah, <laughs> beings. <laughs> you know, I just I guess he just likes that kind Even of the animation. Witch, like you know the <laughs> stair scene. <laughs> She, she gradually just, like, melts, just yeah. turns into this blob, right? Yeah, it just melts into yeah. ice cream. She just melts. <laughs> I just love that scene, that stair scene. Yeah. Just something about it. Really, like... <laughs> when she's, like, in the garage, she just, like, snorts her magic potion thing. <laughs> and she takes, like, three steps and it wears off. Yeah. He's like, uh... And how, like, they disappear, the lackeys, as, yeah, they, yeah. as they're walking. They just fall down. Yeah. All the guards are just watching them. Like, it's like, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Yeah, we can't help you. Even the dog, like, <laughs> the dog with chicken legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that weird hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even get when um, they finally make it to the top and then she takes the seat and it's like a trap with the giant, like, they cook her. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> they roast her. That was a pretty scary, scary, <laughs> like, scene, man. Yeah. It was like, like there's still like these like demons that are, like, <laughs> spinning around the there. shadows. It's like okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, I and I thought that um I had a newfound like appreciation laugh for the um when Howell gets caught he's like revealed to be the general and like the real general comes uh, and he's like oh, isn't oh, that the king? A, I, probably. I, I think that's I the king. Like, yeah, I think it was the king. Yeah, like the king comes in. And he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, great, good job." Good with job. It's like fighting <laughs> yeah. or like whatever. You've done a good day. It's like yeah. Even that scene is like one of the most visually stunning too. Where it's they like teleport to like the whatever the star looking things. Yeah, and then he brings out the inner monster in him. Yeah, and then that whole bit happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like the wave, and then yeah just that whole thing all of those like fireworks looking demon things yeah yeah that those moments are really visually like mm. impressive out there yeah yeah, yeah they feel like the like the, i guess they kind of had a theme too like the very like children cheery kind yeah. of like sound effects yeah they kind of remind me of 
And Princess Mononoke, you know, like the school no. things or like the crackheads. I think they kind of represent a childlike desire or like greed. Mm. Like how like, you know, how wants, um, he makes a contract with the demon because he wants his own freedom, right? And so that's why he takes the, uh, takes Califer and kind of eats him, right? Mm-hmm. The bright lights and like it it's meant to attract you like it's yeah. meant to like make you want it mm. and so i think that's kind of part of that too yeah yeah so the ending the ending yes what do you think about it um well of course you know i'm exactly doesn't know how to it, like i feel all... like this was more wrapped up though yeah like this was like Right? Like, like yeah. it was real fast, but I mean, <laughs> he wrapped it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll give him that. Like, it, it, he definitely, he tied all the bows at the last second. Yeah. For sure. Unlike Spirited Away, where it was, like, split into two scenes. Yeah. Like, they went to um, Zinibe's house, and then then there was Haku, and then there was, like, the revelation in the sky, and they were falling, which was like, what? Yeah. And then the scene after that was, let's get our, like, those are not my parents yeah. and then then she goes on home um like those are the two major things but here like everything is pretty much lapsed like so she goes she like she spills water on Calister, uh califer and then her and uh heen or <laughs> like the dog uh they fall down and like the door so it happens to be there and then she goes into like the black room whatever that yeah. turns out to be like his uh, past his past or his childhood like his innermost hided secret per se which is also kind of taken as a literal time travel thing yeah <laughs> which is like made him more convoluted as well um then we saw like how califer gave his heart to or how how gave his card to califer and then like they time transport back into the present and then how is like full-on bird man and just kind of like loses his human consciousness at that point. And then they go back to Califer. And then the answer was literally like, just give him back his heart. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the important part is Sophie has to give him back his heart. Okay. You know why? Sure. Because love. Because love. <laughs> love is always the answer. Yeah, man. And that's the important part. You can't have anyone do it. And then through like all of that. Sophie is cured of her curse, but just, I mean, maybe you know, she'll turn old again if she, you know, just her hair. If she divorces, uh, wow, or something. wow, you <laughs> fall out of love. Yeah, gotta get that curse back. Um, yeah, so then gives it back the heart, and then he's fine, Caliper is free, and then he ends up coming back anyway. And then the scarecrow almost like dies he loses like his one leg yeah. trying to stop them and then she gives him a kiss and it's like true love's kiss solution and it turns out he's like again with the Except random she doesn't love him no so he's like <laughs> yeah. this, there's like a split second of major disappointment in him um but he's like a missing prince of one of the kings yeah and then he sets off to end the war or whatever and then the grandma is just whatever finds a new heart to fight yeah. to find which is the prince and salomon's like also like oh yeah we should just get stop yeah, we should finish this it. foolish war right because after we- ian is like actually happy ending yeah. and then he's like you backstabbing dog yeah and she's like all right well the jig is up so i guess we can end the war so you know the politicians had the answer all along yeah. <laughs> but there's no like i get you know again like to the plot there's no 
fixing like there is but no impactful significant fixing it's just like everything is cool now happy ever ending everybody yeah. knows i mean like, i think i think for the war part this is my own interpretation but maybe they were fighting the war because they the prince was like lost or missing Mm. And they were like, "What did What'd you, you do, do to my, my prince? <laughs> you kidnapped my prince!" But then prince. now the prince is back, so he's right. like, "Okay, <laughs> I can fix this." <laughs> he's like, "Hey guys, yeah. stop the fighting now!" But who turned him into a scarecrow in the first place? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It> beats me. <laughs> it beats me with everything else in the movie, right? Like I said before, who is Mark? Who is Markle? What is Markle? What is this kid doing here? Who turns into a dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, just like. Mustache, beard, yeah, and he's a cute kid. <laughs> he's a cute. I uh, yeah, just kind of you know, it's like it's time to finish the story, so let's finish it up. Yeah, and then happy ever after. Now it flies. It upgraded. Now it flies. Yeah, Oz moving castle. Oh, turned- that's the theme. Flying is always in Miyazaki's movies. Yeah, no matter where you look, that guy just loves flying in planes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I read one thing that was like. Um, so Sophie is kind of like chasing after Howl, right? And that Howl is kind of like Howl the house and like Mark and Callister are kind of all part of Howl. Yeah. You know, like it's like this tri-part being kind of thing where, you know, like the house is a representation of, of, um, this castle that is like, you know, big and powerful yet. Ugly. Unorg- yeah, ugly and unorganized. Yeah. And like Califer is sort of, you know, he's the the true kind of like youth of him. Like that's his childhood like heart character. And Markle is sort of like represents the more his youthful yeah. and like physical child being of him. And kind of his innocence. Right. And then, Whereas like Califer is kind of more of his right. danger, his <laughs> side. And, and his power too. Right. And then like the, the black room or like because only how can go there is that's sort of his innermost place like his um that's where he spends a lot of his time as yeah. we see you know that's where he kind of is um and then how is just kind of like how is kind of like just like the present him and then sophie is like making her way to you know she cleans the house she kind of organizes his life and she kind of goes to markle and califer first and kind of make allies with them and owns to their relationship first and then goes in like the final part is she goes to his innermost being and like the most sacred part of him which is his past and his childhood yeah and kind of learns about that and then she you know goes to save howl in the end and then kind of like wins his heart after everything that's sort of like the this sort of revelation of (laughs) how per se yeah it's just it makes sense sense, yeah yeah also just like califer and how like in the beginning, uh, Marco's like, oh, like, you can't, you know, mess mm. with him. Like, he doesn't, like, listen to you. Right, right. But then yes, Sophie's just like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Bring me the eggs and the bacon. Yeah, he, he's able to, she's able to kind of, you know, tame him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Howell was very funnily poignant, but a, I guess not really passive about the treatment towards Colorful as well. Like, he's very, mm-hmm. like... You know, try not to take it too far. Kind yeah. of remind the cleaning lady, try not to take it too far. He's like, I'd appreciate it if you don't abuse Califer. Yeah. <laughs> like, my magic fire, please. <laughs> we kind of have to depend on each other to live, you know. Yeah. 
um, sort of that way. But yeah, um, any other crazy theories? The one I just brought up is, uh, is he a clone? Is Howell a clone? Explain. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the the castle, the king's castle, and then so Howell's mentor is Solomon, the uh, the witch lady. All the other like apprentices of Halloween look exactly like Howell, but like in teenage Younger, form. Younger, <laughs> like yeah. a kid. Howell is just like the olderish, mature of them. Right. So it's are they just all the? Did she just create like? all these kids and then how was just like this one escapee child maybe that's why he wants to fight for his freedom he's like i don't want to be bound and forced into this yeah. life of wizardry makes sense <laughs> right so he, he makes a contract with the demon to be free yeah and then you know lives partly free but then is like mm-hmm. well i'm still bound by a demon so blah, blah. yeah if you're talking about it in that sense i think the hair you know like how he mm-hmm. used he's to have blonde, blonde hair yeah but then turning turning into black hair mm. kind of means he actually got his freedom. Right, right. Right. He's truly independent. Yeah. He's tainted by ugly black. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken. He's uh, turned into a true Japanese man. Word. <laughs> it's the, no um, blondes allowed. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's Not why Sophie's movie. hair changed to gray. <laughs> She's brown in the beginning, so. Okay. Yeah, that's whatever. <laughs> it was sparkling like skylight, as yeah. you said. Um, yeah, anything else to add? Well, you, you were talking about themes before, mm. right? And you asked me for themes. I think sacrifice is another thing in this movie. Like, how sacrifices, I guess, his freedom, right? To decide mm. to kind of, you know, help Sophie. Sophie sacrifices her hair. <laughs> you know, like she throws her, her hair right, into yeah. into Calif. You know, that's one moment that that I think didn't make sense for me the most mm-hmm. was when um, she's like um, she's in the in the house and she tells everyone to go out of the house. Yeah, she takes Calif out of the house I too. The same. Yeah, yeah. And then like as right soon as in. yeah, like as soon as that like the house gets destroyed, yeah. She's just like, hey, we need to go to somewhere. Califer, can you make this house move again? Yeah, I, I saw, yeah. that I was so confused. I was like, why didn't she just use the normal house? Yeah, that, that, that I was like. That was like the worst part about this movie. That's evidence me. of first draft syndrome. As we spoke I was just about. like, <laughs> what, what, what are you thinking, Sophie? <laughs> the only plausible out I can give them is that the reason that she... Like did that? Did that was because so how like after the whole thing right they they turn off like they because, go back to the uh, castle they're fat trying to find her find they're find trying to find the a house, house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah all the enemies are trying to find a house and so she was like I'm gonna take it upon myself like to we, destroy we, the house yeah because they already know where we are yeah and then so obviously Califer's powering it so then they leave it then after they leave the ships pass over and then oh gonna, okay maybe that makes more sense and then they're like i guess we're in the clear now so can we go after howl yeah and i guess technically it's not a house anymore so they, right it's just kind of like it's just a walking, walking thing like a walking frog yeah. okay that makes more sense yeah but but still, still i was kind of i was like very confused but at that point wasn't made again too though like, yeah it wasn't like really, my out wasn't really it wasn't really, specifically said in that way yeah 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 so you just had to kind of like but i mean it, it makes sense I, i'll put that as my head can <laughs> i'll use that as my head can <laughs> just the uh, just in case yeah 
uh, yeah, that's the only reason that I could think that happened. But it, it just happened so fast. I'm like, yeah. Okay, I, I do remember, okay, like, before back. then, like, those blobs were trying to, like, get into the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, the I guess the hard part is because the house is in so many different locations at once. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of not sure like if finding the house means finding that like location mm. or finding the actual moving castle, moving castle yeah so. but yeah but i get like the moving castle is kind of like the, the main house, hub yeah. of everything you know yeah. so makes sense that's what uh that's what happens i would love a house like that <laughs> where i can just open a door and go to just different go places anywhere. yeah that'd be great i just give me a house where i can literally change the house with magic like he's like i brought you an extra bathroom yeah. and another bedroom that was a great scene too i love that scene where like he kind of like prepares everything yeah i was like full metal alchemist so yeah he's like, he like starts circles. making those circles and, <laughs> and making sure everyone's in the right place right and like just rooms pop out of nowhere <laughs> everything gets fixed finally just like expansion expansion he cleans up the house finally i was like why don't you do that from the beginning your house was a mess yeah <laughs> like we didn't just care that, enough were you just that we didn't lazy? have a family to love <laughs> see love the theme <laughs> just throwing themes at the answer it was the theme just, no just don't love at the answer <laughs> you got a problem love <laughs> is that a curse is that a bad house? Love. <laughs> Sophie. Oh, you got man. a scarecrow? Love. Basically. <laughs> Some random character that needs fixing. You got a wicked witch? Love. Oh, man. Yeah. That was, yeah, I agree. That was probably the most convoluted part. Mm. And then the hair thing. So I read too. So like, it's based off of a book. And there's a bunch of differences in the book. And originally in the book, Sophie actually is also is also a witch. Mm. She has powers. And it was like <laughs> I read one theory that was said that she has powers in the movie too. So like in the book, her powers is she gives life to things that she's around and like touches or whatever. And it's like not explicitly said in the movie, but it's kind of like inferred and you have to look for it. And then they're giving evidence of like, you know, giving Callum for the hair in that scene and you know, she would like only her part of her to give him the power to like, you know, start the house up again. And then again, like Sophie's the only one who had to give how the heart yeah. to like save them. Yeah. And then, you know, she saw like she fixes the scarecrow with his curse and she fixes everything. She technically, touches. she has some kind of power. right? Love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I, Miyazaki just turned into love. <laughs> Which Miyazaki was like, theme. <laughs> We're going to take that and then make it theme. Yeah. Uh, but I was like... I can, I guess, but not nah. really. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, I'm not gonna roll with that. I think, I think it's kind of stretching a little far. Yeah, that's like crazy fan theory yeah. that we're going into. Maybe she has the power of um, making weird concoctions in the bathroom, turning her his spells into weird <laughs> things so that his hair turns into a different color. I'm pretty sure she just moved them around. Yeah. And it was like, what? Oh yeah, yeah. She has the power of cleaning. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then she was like, and then like there was, that's how like she kind of cures herself in a way. Like she has a curse, but she, you know, she turns younger when she's asleep or dreaming or emotionality or stuff yeah. like that. And then just over time, she just cures herself, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I feel like though, like even her being old, mm-hmm. for her, like it wasn't as big 
of a curse. Right. Yeah. As like yeah, she owned like we said, she, she owns owned it. it. Yeah, she, <laughs> she owned it. I'm I'm old and I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's like this stick. I can beat this stick. <laughs> trying to pull that stick out when she was like she runs away from home and then she walks through the bridge and the train passes and then the the guy's like, like hey grandma do you need help and she's like oh you're a nice young man but i got it yeah I'm like she's full grandma mode she's now. full grandma <laughs> that is her yeah yeah um but yeah i think that's that's how it's moving castle and up next is ponyo it's like the little mermaid story of hockey oh, <laughs> i guess um, I think that is it. Ponyo next time. 